Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Friday, January the 5th, and it has been an incredibly wet and windy first week of the year. And we're going to start off with news today that there's severe travel disruption in Kent after all of that heavy rain we had yesterday. It's actually caused landslips next to railway lines, and it meant no trains were able to run from Maidstone East towards Ashford. Services were also affected between Tunbridge Wells and Hastings. Well, Kate has been chatting to Andy Commons from Southeastern. Very extreme weather over the last sort of 24 hours, but actually over the last few months as well. And that has unfortunately caused a couple, a couple of landslips uh, on our network. Uh, one at Maidstone East. Um, we're expecting that to be uh, resolved a bit later today. But at the moment, it, it does mean there's no trains between Maidstone East and Ashford. Uh, the other landslip is at Roberts Bridge, which we think is a bit more severe. Uh, and as a result, there are, are no trains there, we think, until this evening. Um, so. If you're in those two parts of the network, quite tricky. Um, we'd really ask customers to, to check our website or check our app and you know plan their journey before they set off because there is some disruption. Now, when we say landslip, it sounds quite dramatic. Can you talk me what's what's actually happened to the train lines? Yeah, I think the word landslip can sort of give the impression of sort of whole swathes of land of land coming down, but it actually these two landslips are in the scheme of landslips quite simple what what they are is is preventative closures of the railway to allow a bit of repair work to do underneath the track um, our colleagues at network rail have really sophisticated bits of equipment right across the country and that can tell when the track starts to subside ever so slightly and clearly that's just a, you know, a huge safety concern so the line is, is closed immediately and there are teams on site at both places trying to fix that so it's not a huge slide of land but it is absolutely the right decision to close it and, and get it fixed first and just as you said it's it's been a long few months as it's been quite rainy we've seen a few storms particularly in the southeast how much work has been done by southeast or network rail to sort of make the train lines more resilient to these sorts of events i think what we're seeing is, is climate change is having a really significant impact on on all parts of life but particularly on the railway i think the railway in particular is very prone to flooding and is very prone to extreme heat um extreme heat affects the rail line itself, the flooding ex- affects the land underneath it. Um, I think if you spoke to our colleagues in that rail and, and ourselves, we're spending millions and millions of pounds now on trying to prevent the impacts of climate change. And that's a lot more of that is more prevent- preventative stuff now. So, for example, the, the landslips today, they were picked up by some of that technology that allows us to monitor the railway and get in and fix it before it becomes a massive issue. I, I appreciate it's massively inconvenient for customers now, uh, but it's much better than finding a, a major landslip that you know can close the line for a number of days. So it's a real focus of the whole railway now. Um, but these things will still happen from time to time. The, the, the secret is to get them fixed quickly uh, and try and prevent them as much as you can too. You can keep up to date with the very latest travel news via the blog, which is on the website, and you can hear regular travel updates over on our sister radio station, KMFM. Well, nearly 300 flood alerts are in force across England and Wales, including several here in Kent. The entire east of the county is covered by an alert over fears of groundwater flooding. There are also concerns about land around Ashford and paddock wood in particular. Well, following all of the wind and rain, we are now set for some cold weather in the county. Forecasters say temperatures will remain in single figures over the next few days and drop below freezing potentially at night. Now, it's led to health bosses issuing what's known as a cold health alert from first thing tomorrow. I've been chatting to Dr Ellen Schwartz, who's Deputy Director of Public Health in Kent. Cold weather exposes the organism, the body of any person, to increased stress. 
And that stress is mainly on the circulatory system, so could lead to strokes and heart attacks. And it's also on the respiratory system, so the lungs and the bronchial, bronchial system. So it could lead to uh, increased susceptibility to flu, for instance, or any respiratory virus. And also, um, you know, that's common sense. If the conditions are slippery, we're more pr prone to uh, falls, etc. So these are really the three areas. And from experience, the winter time is actually leading to increased illness and sadly also deaths. So it is really, even if the decrease in temperature is moderate, it is something to plan for, to be aware of. And for us, an opportunity and really also a duty to look after those more vulnerable people. We all know how tricky it is at the moment, or well, not tricky, but expensive it is to heat our homes. And perhaps some people mm -hmm. haven't been heating properties as much as they would have done in the past. So yeah, keeping warm mm. is, is really vital. So, and that's okay. I think we've all been doing this, been much more aware of uh, how we heat our homes. But the general advice today is to, to heat one room, and that's the room where we've spent most of our time, to 18 degrees and reduce um, any drafts with any means possible, really doesn't have to be fancy, but just reduce the, the stress the body is under. Also kind of along that theme of the body is taking in hot food and drinks throughout the day, just regularly, little sip here and there, keeps the body at a temperature. The other thing is moving, not in a physical act, exercise sounds like there is big effort involved. That doesn't have to be the case. So if someone is actually sitting in a chair and cannot move about, just moving the arms, moving the upper body, getting the circulation going roughly once an hour. The other thing is <clears throat> there is a, a misconception that if we wear one thick piece of clothing that this helps. It's actually not the case. Much more effective is several uh, layers of thin clothing. So that is uh, 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 basically an approach to, to trap the heat to the body and make sure we're keeping warm. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you now and a terrorist who converted to Islam at Cookhamwood Young Offenders Institution in Rochester has had his jail sentence increased. Edward Little plotted to launch a gun attack at Hyde Park in London. The 22-year-old from Brighton was originally sentenced to life in prison with a minimum term of 16 years. That's now been increased to 24. A 10-year-old girl who suffered life-changing injuries in a crash near the Channel Tunnel in Folkestone is suing her father for damages. Adramosa is claiming £200,000 in compensation for the collision which also took the life of her brother in 2014. Abdul Mosa was behind the wheel when he hit a lorry head-on while on the wrong side of the road while returning from a holiday in France. The 51-year-old avoided jail. His daughter says she suffers from mental and physical conditions that will affect her for life. Canterbury MP Rosie Duffield says she's been cleared of allegations of anti-Semitism and transphobia and will stand again in the upcoming general election. She's currently the only Labour MP in Kent. Yesterday, Rishi Sunak suggested a vote could be called in the second half of this year. Now, this is one of our most read stories on the website today. Residents in a part of Ashford say they're still fighting for repairs to be carried out after their new-built homes were plagued 
with mould. They bought the properties in Repton Avenue in 2018 and immediately noticed a problem with damp. Well, an independent survey has found a number of defects, including air brakes being too low and the ground level too high. Well, our reporter Leanne has been speaking to Hayley Northwood about her family's experience. Within the first week, we already noticed that the flat was damp and we were experiencing mould on all external walls um, and the problems only got worse from there really. Within the first two weeks um, the builders were still on site because it's a new build um, and they gave us an industrial dehumidifier um, which we had to run at our own expense um, but it didn't really solve the problem and it's obviously just continued to spiral out of control from there. So what were the first things that you noticed? Um, the mould along all of our skirting boards, um, my husband and I were just constantly wiping it off, cleaning it, using that mould remover spray. Um, and then within probably the first six months or so, that's when we started to notice items of clothing and shoes were being damaged by mould and sort of excessive condensation on windows. And we've had our window vents open for six years, regardless of the you know the weather outside you know come rain or shine they've been open because that's what persimmons originally told us was the issue we weren't having our vents open even though they have been the whole time and um, because the building still needs to be dried off because it was a new build but it's it's you know regardless of the vents it's damp and obviously since then we've had an independent surveyor's report that has told us that actually and um, they've breached building regulations because the outs the like, surrounding ground level is above our damp course which is why we're experiencing these issues. When you saw that and you sort of, it sort of backed up everything you've been saying all along, how did that make you feel? A bit split. What, you know, part of me was really glad that, that an issue had been found and that it was a significant issue, but also that there was a way, obviously in the surveyor's report says about how it needs to be fixed. And um, obviously I appreciate I'm not a builder, but yeah, I was really glad that there was an issue that had been found but then also part of me was just really angry that how was that even allowed to happen and be signed off in the first place. Naively, I thought that that would be, you know, sort of a route, you know, we would be in the processes now of, of things being mended, um, but also angry that that was just even allowed. And that yet again, you know, that, that, that report was a significant financial payout for us to get that, which we shouldn't have had to do in the first place. It's been, it's, honestly, it's been nearly six years of living hell in this place and it's not somewhere that my family and I should be. I just want it fixed so we can move and never look back, basically. And we've had the following statement from developers Persimmon. We have been working with the residents living in Repton Avenue regarding the issues they've been experiencing. Works have been carried out to install cavity trays at the properties to resolve some of the issues and we're keen to continue working with the residents to complete the internal repairs and redecorate where necessary to ensure their homes are of a standard they would expect. We're currently awaiting further communication from the resident's legal representative so we can then proceed with these works. Kent Online reports. A man remains in hospital following reports of a serious assault at a pub in Edenbridge. The victim's in his 30s and was at the Old Eden pub on the High Street last month. It's believed he was attacked after an argument broke out. He's the one in a serious condition. A 20-year-old from Sevenoaks has been arrested and released on bail. Investigators are still appealing for witnesses. Meantime, investigators 
investigations are underway after a train at Broadstairs Station allegedly had its windows smashed by someone wielding a cricket bat. It's believed a person standing on the platform used the bat to cause damage to the carriage doors yesterday. Witnesses are being asked to come forward. A huge pile of rubbish has had to be dumped in the street after a bin lorry caught fire on Sheppey. Bin men worked quickly to empty the recycling to stop the fire from spreading while collecting in Warden yesterday morning. Well, the cause of the fire is thought to have been accidental and we're told there are no reports of any injuries. Meantime, there are concerns about rubbish being left on the streets of Medway after major disruption to bin collections. Some people will have to wait an extra week for their waste to be collected. It's because of delays clearing a waste transfer station managed by the council's contractor. Councillor Simon Curry has apologised. We're working closely with our contractors, Medway North, who collect the tax. Uh, and Veolia, who disposes them at our transfer stations. Our crews collect around about a quarter of a million collections over the festive period, and it's our busiest time of year by far. Despite the crews and Veolia, our partners, working hard over the festive period, it's taken longer than usual to empty the trucks. So there's just some changes that are going to be made over the next couple of days. If your regular waste collection is either Tuesday or Wednesday this week, your waste will be collected by Saturday the 6th of January. Our crews start visiting roads from 7am every day. So don't get round to your road. Please do not leave your waste out overnight and wherever possible, bring it in and put it out again the next morning. If your regular waste collection is Thursday or Friday, your waste will be collected at its regular collection time next week. Starting from Monday, things will be back on track. We know this is disappointing. We're very sorry for any inconvenience, but collections will be back to normal starting from Monday the 8th of January. Medway still offers its residents free use of its household waste recycling centres. We know some residents have used these facilities over a festive period and they remain open for residents to book a slot for disposal of waste and recycling in that way. We thank everyone for being patient with us on this and we continue to work as hard as possible to deliver our weekly bin collection. Kent Online reports. There are just a few days left to have a say on plans to try and improve safety for women and girls in West Kent. Bosses in Tunbridge, Sevenoaks and Tunbridge Wells have joined forces and want to know about parts of the towns where you might feel particularly vulnerable. They're looking to tackle issues like harassment, sexual assault and stalking. Matt Borton is the leader of Tunbridge and Morling. It's really good that we're doing this consultation. It builds off a lot of work that... Matthew Scott, our Kent Police and Crime Commissioner, has done about making sure that women and girls in all of our communities are able to feel safe. We're really lucky here in Tunbridge and Morland that we've got one of the lowest crime rates in the whole of the county, but that doesn't mean we're complacent in any way at all. And making sure that women and girls get the priority that they need and deserve is quite critical towards our strategies. We know that there are certain crimes where women and girls are much more likely to be victims of than men and boys are and that needs to be given priority. So we've got lots of different initiatives which are primarily aimed at those vulnerable people. So for example we have a service at the moment where you're able to um, report a particular concern that you've got into either Kent Police or the Council. That goes to the community safety units and then you'll get one-on-one -on -one support from specialist dedicated trained officers. And the reason that works is because we're working alongside Kent Police in all of this. We recognise that there is an important aspect which is looking to solve crimes, where crimes happen. But the most important thing is preventing anything happening in the first place. And that's why our community safety unit is really important to making sure 
that the strategy can be implemented. Because we recognise that despite some of the awful incidents that we've seen over the years, we need to do more as a society and that includes council doing everything it can. And that's why we're really keen to hear views from anyone across the community to ensure that as best as possible we understand what their concerns are and we're working with the right partners to help resolve in those issues. And to me it's very important that everyone feel safe in our community all of the time, whether that's an urban or a rural community too. And we've been asking women in Tunbridge how safe they feel. I've lived in Tunbridge a really long time and I have never felt unsafe. So for me personally, I think it's a really safe place to live, but I'm really pleased that um, you know, it's, the question is being asked and people are being consulted because it is a really, really important topic and, you know, I think it's really important that women can feel safe where they live. I feel fine during the day, quite safe, but not too sure about at night, so I tend not to go out at night. I feel safe in the daytime, but not too sure at night. I like to be with somebody, like another lady or a husband. I think it's a nice town to live in. I've in lots of other areas and compared to other places, I still think Tunbridge is a really nice place to live. The owners of a luggage shop in Gravesend could be facing a £40,000 bill to fix damage done by lead thieves. The business on the high street has had its roof depleted as people steal the metal from on top. Criminals have also targeted the Old Town Hall and former Debenhams building. The owner of a Whitstable restaurant says complaints about noise are unfair. Alaturka opened in the town's former job centre a year ago and now faces a licence review after neighbours raised concerns with the council. It'll be held this month and Mehmet Dari insists they haven't done anything wrong. The owners of two alpacas in Sandwich say they're scared their pets could be put down if they test positive for the blue tongue virus. Now there have been 14 cases of the disease on seven different farms, the majority of which are in Kent, with affected animals having to be euthanised. While the alpacas, named Steve and Alan, live just metres from another farm that's recorded cases and they will be tested later this month. Same with Animal News, an escaped emu has been spotted on the loose near Sittingbourne. It was seen walking in the middle of Iwade Road yesterday afternoon and reported to the police. It's understood it came from the nearby Happy Pants Ranch. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham will be looking to cause a big upset when they take on Premier League opposition in the FA Cup this weekend. Sheffield United are the visitors to a sold-out Priestfield. The Jules go into the game following back-to-back wins in League Two and we've been catching up with head coach Stephen Clements. It's just great, isn't it? This is, this is, um, it's always an exciting time of the year for football fans where you see League Two teams like ourselves taking on a Premier League team um, on their home patch. As I say, it's it's normally a completely different game to watch than what you see in a Premier League game. So um, it's exciting. It's growing up. Uh, generally, only used to be FA Cup games on the TV, probably the FA Cup final. Um, so it's something that's always been close to uh, to, to my heart. And uh, yeah, I've, I've I've always enjoyed playing in it, coaching in it, and as I say, I've had some good memories along the way of it. So uh, I'm hoping I can have another one at the weekend. And being in the underdog position, I asked the same question to Maxima. I know you said it's a difficult game, but do you relish it at all, that kind of being in the underdog? Of course. Every game is always a challenge, and this will be a, a bigger challenge playing against the Premier League team. But as I, as I always say, we'll be, going, we'll be going to have a go. We're not just going to roll over. Um, we've got to try and make an impact and, and, and try and disrupt Sheffield United's rhythm, try and create some chances ourselves and see where that takes us. But no, we won't be just... Uh, 
sitting back and waiting to, to get beat. That's for, that's for sure. We'll, we'll do our best we can to, to get a result. Bartholomew Hall from our colleagues at KMTV has also been chatting to defender Max Aimer. Max, am I right in saying you actually scored against Sheffield United yeah, um, once? Brutal, and, yeah. and also previous FA Cup games as well when, when you, you scored as a, as a centre-back. And yeah. Do you have good memories of, of, of the Cup uh, in, in that regard? Yeah, uh, I do, to be fair. Yeah, we played for Bristol Rovers when I was there for that year. Um, I scored... Um, and it was a good game to be fair but I think since I've been here and we've had some good ties over the years uh, West Ham, Leicester obviously this coming up it's always a great cup to play and the upsets can happen that's it's always great The magic of the cup we're going to hear it so many times um, yeah. this weekend do you kind of relish kind of being the underdog in, in this situation? Uh, I would say relish but I think we are the underdogs um, a lot of people probably don't expect us to win so maybe it gives us an extra boost uh, come the game um, people might think it's a free hit we're not addressing it as a free hit um, so yeah we're just going to the game confident and looking forward to trying to get a result Meantime Maidstone United are also in third round FA Cup action the Stones welcome League One Stevenage to a sold out Gallagher Stadium tomorrow now the duels kick off at 3 o'clock Maidstone kick off at 12.30 you'll be able to follow all of the match action at Kent Online plus we'll have details of the results in bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM on Sunday and plenty more reaction for you in the podcast on Monday well that's all from us for today thanks ever so much for listening don't don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out the very latest review from our secret drinker. Hope you have a good weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.